yeah, it was painful, emotionally and physically painful. In the end, it poured with rain and they all had to get, half of them had to get airlifted out. A global pandemic strap. And there were millipedes and I'm scared of millipedes. I sat down in the middle of the millipedes crying. Well, some sort of arsehole would have been, I could bring one beer out. Like, what do you think of me, mate? Got back to the car, couldn't feel my fingers, toes, covered in mud, my shoes were completely trashed. And then he jumped straight out in front of me, I just plowed straight into him. Can you do the best? Do I need to slow down? I don't think I'm Flying, or am I doing really good? Chafing can derail your race, and you know, we've got to take care of the nether regions. The electric fence was the worst. <laughs> I still haven't quite gotten over that. Hi, and welcome to Tales from the Midpack. I'm your host, Rebecca Hunt. I'll be bringing you stories from everyday runners, experts, and some race recaps. Today, we have experienced ultra runner Kate Sieber. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello. Uh, Kate is someone I met at Thursday night at Kathmandu Run Club, which is now called Running with Friends. Yes. Uh, that's what we are now. Uh, and I always joke that she's my enabler because over the course of just one run, she convinced me to do my first ultra, which I now pay forward as often as I can. I, I, I enable a few other people now. Um, Kate has completed the 100 miler up in Hubert twice. And the very final Hubert is coming up soon, and I know people have lots of questions about 100 miler, particularly if that's their first time. But before we get into Kate's advice about that, I want to just ask my two standard questions I always ask everybody, which is, uh, number one, what do you get up to when you're not running? Oh, well, yeah, I... life beyond running. Uh, work. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I work full-time at Flinders University, so that can have its, you know, challenges and peak times. And mum of three girls. Mm-hmm. And I have a partner and, yeah, also a daughter and a sister and all those things, yeah. yeah. I like to have a bit of fun as well. I like to go out with friends, socialise, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. How long have you been running and what got you into it? Oh, so I started running just as a bit of, um, you know, different exercise. I've always liked exercising. So I used to run at school, but then I just liked walking and hiking and gym. I used to go to the gym a lot. So I kept my cardio up quite well. And then in about 2013, I started going for some runs. I think we were away in Port Vincent on a family holiday. My cousin was yeah, yeah. St- had started running and no gym. So a few weeks of, of no no gym classes so I thought I'd go for a run we got for about beautiful um, cliff top yes. along there like, yeah so we nice. did we did flat um he was sort of training for road running but yeah we um did about 10k and I was like oh this feels fine like I could sort of easily do it woke up the next day quads felt like <laughs> they were on fire because yeah. they weren't used to it but um yeah and I just sort of kept going from there yeah did a bit of my own thing for a long time yep. yeah cool now, you are a trail runner, but you've just completed a road marathon, the inaugural yes. Leakenfield Marathon. Yes. Uh, so what got you doing this marathon? Oh, I oh, well, I started off road running, um, and I used to just go running on Sundays, um, just do my own thing, see, yeah, see how far I could go. Um, in I sort of ran all consistently 2013. I think it was even a bit of 2012. Never had any kind of Strava, anything. No. Um, didn't actually get Strava until 2018. So, yeah, um, I decided at the beginning of 2014 I needed like a challenge. Like I just wanted something that would scare me. I'd never even entered a fun run, been to a park run, anything. Wow. I thought running events were like these elite 
like what I considered real runners because I just had no idea. Yeah. My only couple of friends that ran were particularly fast. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just I had, yeah, no point of reference. Entered the Adelaide Marathon for 2014 because I could sort of easily do 17 to 20 kilometres yeah. okay. Didn't really understand the difference between pushing yourself <laughs> in an event and going for a run. None of that, but thought, no, I won't do a half. I'll just jump in. So it's the first time I ever entered it or went to anything was wow. a marathon. <laughs> and it was actually fantastic because it was full of people like me. And Great. I loved it. And Great. I was like, oh, this is okay. Yeah. So, yeah, did that. So I was definitely a road runner for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Switched to the trails in 2015 um, to try something different. And... Yeah, so I've sort of been doing that mainly since, um, mm-hmm. but I've always thought about going back and doing another marathon. I'd only really tried twice, like properly, to do one. So yeah, sort of got the email with the discount code from the Southern Athletics Club, and yeah, that was August last year, and thought, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, and and entered. Yeah, awesome. it's so been great. Back to your roots, essentially. Yeah, yeah. it's been good. <laughs> um, I definitely need a bit more time to probably get more of a. Uh, road base a bit more speed in my legs yeah. but yeah it went well yeah because yeah. all this long distance running teaches <sighs> us to do yeah. long distance well it changes everything yeah yeah um so yeah. you had to do a lot of dedicated training because it's so different and yes i saw one day you set your alarm for 3 40 a.m yes <laughs> so what yes. helps you stay motivated and dedicated and build up for this well when i decided so first weekend of february um so rachel semler's been amazing in setting up a plan for a heap of us she sort of um planned out every week southern athletics group? yeah southern yeah. athletics yeah. and riot so she was oh, like okay, just inclusive yeah. of everyone um we'd run down at christie's i'd join in um, often of an early morning yeah. and yeah she sort of set up a plan of this is how we'll build up to the marathon and they had a Sunday morning um, half marathon time trial and I didn't really do its time trial like I ran chatting with a mm. few people but I could easily chat and keep my pace like do it in two hours and yeah. I thought mm, if I can do that actually I think by April I can do the marathon so that's when I I was like, if I can do that now, I can, yeah. yeah. So then I just stuck to it from there. So yeah. those long Sunday runs, I made sure that I stuck to. Yeah. Um, except for that week with the 35, which was, the, you know, obviously your peak run. Yeah. I thought, oh, I've, you know, I've committed. I should do this. We were going away to Lake Bonnie. Didn't want to try and do it there. Yeah. It wasn't going to happen. Um, I had the Friday off, but then unfortunately I had a funeral in the morning at Handorf as well that was important to me to go to. So it was, well, you either don't do it or you, yeah, you get yeah. up, you start at 4.30 and you yeah. go. Yeah. And you did. Yeah. That's amazing. I had some great company. <laughs> Eloise was, was fantastic. She came and met me and did um, the first 24 with yeah. me, which was, yeah, really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did notice that you were running with other people a lot and do you find that group runs is better for long distance? Yeah, um, see, so my first marathon I never did a single training run with anyone um, because my friend that also did it was, um, you know, quite faster than me and our our schedules were different. So, yeah, I did all of that alone. I used to run with music back then. I have not listened to music on a single run in probably three or four years now so I just don't anymore yeah um but yeah I did I did have music back then um yeah I've I've really enjoyed that it was good we had a lot of people around similar 
paces like the training paces suited us all Mm -hmm. um if we did intervals or like I did end up doing a couple of speed and interval sessions even though I'm still not quite getting the um programming right but I'll get there um yeah we would do obviously do it at our own pace but yeah the the training pace was perfect like um Tash and Nat and Rachel and and others that we ran with we would all have a similar training pace which was good Yeah. yeah Uh, you also did an amazing time in Heisen last year. So, yeah, that was a bit better. Yeah, 14 hours, t- 11 minutes. Yeah. More than a bit better. Yeah. Um, what do you attribute that great time to? Uh, I trained consistently and just other parts of my life being a lot better. So yeah. being a lot calmer. Um, probably a little bit COVID, like one of the very small positives I could find mm. out of it was that it did give me a little bit more time to yep. train yep. you know we weren't doing as many other things so yeah definitely way more consistent and just better in myself like happier yeah yeah so I think that helped oh, that's good yeah um shifting to Hubert um the 100 miler has a, a very respectable 9 a.m in the morning start which oh, is so very nine, kind it was 10 the oh. years I did it I let myself wake up at 8 like yeah. didn't even set an alarm yeah, well, I just think though you, the people doing that they've got this massive drive all the way up to the Flinders mm. and a lot of them will be camping so even though it has that start sleep probably isn't great and you've had that experience both of having a room booked or having camping yes. for the night before um, what was your sleep like leading up to Hubert and how did it affect your run do you think Okay, so I have this thing where I feel like I'm always just destined to have bad lead-ups to run. <laughs> something always happens. Um, both of those Huberts, I was also um, doing some post-grad business study as well and had to sort of fit that in. So I had to cram in and finish an assignment, send that off prior. Um, one of the times I actually drove straight back to the city and went to three hours of class in square like on the Monday um so yeah I didn't have ideal lead-ups unfortunately um I had to study at night so sort of had small small sleeps yeah didn't I don't feel like it affected me too much but yeah if you can get your sleep and rest in I would highly recommend it um definitely go up I went up both those years on the Thursday yeah so I had Thursday night Friday night yeah. which was great to so friday in. i would rest and i'd let like sleep in friday morning so yeah yeah that i think that helped a yeah. little bit but yeah it's supposed to be a dinner on the friday night i uh, believe yeah so would you go if you're going to see would you go out to the dinner or would you not well, i guess being vegan they they may not have a lot of choices um I, yeah, I found that I sort of wanted to do my own thing, I think, yeah. that night. So, I mean, everyone's different, but I thought, oh, I can socialise after or during the day that day. So, yeah, yeah just yeah. kind of be still getting my bags ready and drop bags ready and yeah. things. Yeah. All the pre Yeah, sort of like to have what I know that I've eaten before, I guess, mm. before something like that. Mm. Yeah. So your first Hubert, um, you finished in just under 30 hours. Yes. Which is very cool. What was that first experience like? We'll get to more kind of specifics later, but just as a general experience, what was that like? Yeah, um, it was fantastic. So I'd attempted it the year before. 
um, in a group, which of course, as most people know, and you know, found out just doesn't like work. No. Like you and just was can't. That it was too large. Well, you had the terrible ankle as well. Um, well, the ankle was actually fine, and then I ran Cleveland really well a few weeks later, and. 24 yeah. a few weeks after that so the ankle was actually okay but I wasn't sure how it would go I ended up mm. getting blisters because I did a bit too much hiking for me like just my gait it wasn't yeah. right for me whereas when you're on your own you can choose your own yeah. pace yeah. gait yeah so I got they those blisters disaster attempts <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um I'd been training really well bef- before the the ankle and then yeah um, so the next year I was just determined, um, no matter what, hundred percent on my own. And I wanted to do it myself. Like I, I mm. didn't want a buddy. I didn't, yeah, I thought, no, I just want to know that I've done this completely on my own. Yeah. So yeah, I wanted to go through the night and that, um, I did meet obviously other runners. Um, one runner, Luke, um, we sort of met up in Parachilna Gorge, spent a bit of time there and then did the last, like went up St. Mary's, like yeah. kind of separated then did the last bit together um but majority of the time yeah sort of on my own another runner sarah told me she wasn't far behind me i didn't really realize at the time um but she sort of thanked me for pacing her as you do like you have someone yeah um no it was just amazing like when the sun rise like through the like i guess the ranges there um just being out in the middle of nowhere the next morning um obviously worrying that you hit a wall like with the lack of sleep i i know a lot of runners will say this and i just say to everyone Mm. um when the sun rises again it's like your body just kicks into a new day and you get that adrenaline that oh i'm over halfway i'm on the yeah straight so yeah haven't done a it'd be interesting to do a run where like you don't stop and sleep i don't want to do that sort of thing but i want one where you go sort of maybe into a second night that'd be interesting to explore yeah. one day just to see how that works like maybe like you know your 20 minute not your yeah hours of sleep but you're um yeah just one where you're kind of going consistently probably need yeah. a little small nap but yeah i've been thinking uh, about yeah. i haven't i don't think i've successfully done a night yet i have yeah. kind of start hitting a wall at 3 a.m and there was one run where i was meant to keep going but I actually it's the only run I've ever bailed on yeah and it was at about 6 a.m because my hips were just so painful Mm. and but I know that the sun was coming up and I was about to experience what people talk about that the reboost of energy but I've never had that but one of the concerns I have you're out in the middle of the flinders and when I get through that 3 a.m to 6 a.m phase I get to points where I'm I feel like I'm sleepwalking and I'm stumbling and I'm having to like shake my head to be awake and I, it just feels really dangerous like how tired do you get um I I didn't find that so yeah. I found I get a bit cold um yeah I actually didn't get it I um yeah I didn't really have much caffeine like I don't like the idea of no dose um mm. I always associate those with when I was young going out and <laughs> having some drinks and having some no-dos so I just always makes me think of it yeah, feeling yeah. unwell um so yeah I, I don't know yeah um oh coke definitely I'd have a little bit of coke um uh I think just being in in an event rather than say a more like say social thing just yeah. sort of being so determined to do that event to keep going you definitely have your moments 
like your, your lowest moments will be those early hours of the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I know last time I was like, come on, son, just come on, come up. I need to, <laughs> I need to warm up. Like, yeah, please, yeah. everything will be okay once the sun comes up. Like, mm. Yeah, you're a bit more stimulated on the trails as well. I find the 24-hour, like, it just, mm. it numbs. Like, my mind just goes numb and I want to go to sleep. Yeah. Um, but I find out there, you, you're always concentrating, concentrating on navigation, what's around you. Yeah. Yeah kept me awake that keeps you awake it's different um now your second hubert you'd hurt yourself in the lead up um so you were i I was watching your little dot on i can't remember what app it was and you're having an amazing um event (laughs) yeah but then in the end that that was a hip wasn't it that you'd fallen on and it got you and you had to walk the last 50k so it wasn't hurting at the time it gave me a bit of trouble after it just there wasn't pain it just felt when I tried to run again, um, mm. so I was running and I ended up um, staying with another runner, um, Maddie, and we sort of kept together in Parachilna yep. till he got to sort of his crew and we split up then. So I did slow down a bit um, in that part of Parachilna, as you do, yep. um, which, you know, was perfectly fine, you know, plenty of time and things. Um, I got quite cold because... Um, I had slowed down yeah so I'd spent a little bit of time at the fire went off I thought it was because I was so cold I tried to run leaving um Aruna Ruins um I saw like Gary Boyce like we we had a quick chat and he's he sort of ran off and I thought oh I might keep him in sight but every time I go to run it just felt felt weak like mm-hmm. wrong and I thought oh and it's on that side where I'd yeah. had my tumble nine days before so I was like, mm, I might just walk until the sun comes up and yep. see what happens. So walking, walking. And then every time I try, I'm like, something doesn't feel right. So I get to the next aid station and they'd say, how are you? And I go, oh, well, I can't really, I'm not really running. I'm just walking, but I feel great. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you're really perky. You should just keep going, see how you go. Didn't feel sick, didn't feel tired. Just kept going, came along hikers. They're like, what are you doing? You know, had a chat. Nice. Um, I just kept going. I knew that I was well, well, well within the cutoff because I'd run the first yeah, part so did, well. did so great. You um, still did it fell. in uh, yeah. 31-21. Yeah. So, yeah, it was oh, just painfully slow that end. I mean, obviously, you were gonna, I was going to slow down anyway, as you do. Um, but, yeah, didn't expect to. Yeah, I just thought, well, you either pull out or you just keep walking. As long mm. as walking feels okay, yep. do it. Yep. Um. And yeah. would you advocate that for anyone out there and they experience something like that? Just walk it out? Mm, well, see, I woke up the next day and I couldn't wait to bear on that side. And I didn't even, I laid in bed for ages, like just scrolling through my phone. Then I thought, yeah. oh, I need to go to the toilet. Got up. Um, Vicky, who I was staying with, she'd gone to um, D-Mark and I wanted to go down to the toilet block could not wait there I couldn't even like there was no pain in bed nothing yep. um as I'd walked so much I didn't have those really sore muscles from yeah. pushing so I sort of thought I was okay and then yeah I literally had to get her car find the keys to drive myself down to the toilet box a couple of hundred <laughs> meters so it actually took a month to get back to normal running so Speaking with my physio at the time, like he was like, "Well, your body would have compensated. Like, bodies are yeah. really good at compensating." Because I always, I always think fatigue, like muscle fatigue and like general mm. soreness, is normal yep. in an ultra. If I got like a pain, an isolated pain, I would always stop because yeah. it's not worth it. Yeah, like quality of life, and you know, there's always another run. But because there was no pain, I kept going. So I don't know. Yeah, I remember you being at Run Club. Mm. 
weeks later. Yep, it was about and a month. when you're getting back into it, and I I could see yeah, that, that you were lopsided in the yep. in your gait, and yep. you weren't even conscious of it. Your body had just adapted. Yep. To, and it took doing its yeah. own thing. <laughs> it took a while, even when I went to Wonderland that year. So that's August. I did the 36. Um, you know, we did it quite slow just f- for fun. Um, the last part of it, like the last five, I was like, yep, you are only at 30Ks again now. So, you know, when you just yeah, feel, yeah. no, nah, you're, you're done. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was a bit of a, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, a bit of a journey back. So, yeah, in hindsight, I was, yeah, but at the time I felt okay, so I yeah. don't know. Hard to, know, hard to yeah. call it even now it's really hard <laughs> to call it so yeah i think in hindsight if something felt weak that means something's maybe not right so i personally um i know my body i wouldn't do it again but yeah. for other people it might be okay to walk yeah walk it in if you need yeah. to now i remember a couple of years ago you commenting to me that the 50 kilometer distance had become familiar to you and that stood in my mind because it just blew my mind at the time. Like, how yeah, can that, that feel distance. familiar? Love oh, my it. God. This is something I only dream of. Um, but I've often um, heard that being able to succeed in ultras really is down to years of consistent running. Yeah. Um, so do you feel that, and you're agreeing already, condi- that you are conditioned from years of running and that that improves your runs? Because there are some people who go to these kind of distances quite quickly. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's personal choice. It's your body. It's your life. Um, yeah. If someone ever asked me, I wouldn't advocate. I, you see so many people come and go. You see them completely out of running through injuries um, mm. that they can't fix. Um, I was told early on, I was lucky to chat to a lot of different people. Um, Barry was one of them. Yeah. Um, that you know it takes four years to get a solid running base and i feel like you know i'm pretty sure it was like 2012 that i maybe yeah i can't yeah. be hazy on that but even when i did my first marathon i couldn't like walk the next day yeah. <laughs> so that was even you know almost probably two almost two years into running consistently yeah. every week and always keeping fit always hiking and walking and i couldn't walk for days yeah. i couldn't even take my I think she was in reception. I was like, you're not going to school today. I can't drive a car. Like now I was fine the day after, you know, and it was, yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I think you just should be really careful just because you can doesn't mean you should. And when you see people saying that they're in, if you hear them saying things like agony and their body was screaming and they had to struggle to the end and, but they did it. So their mind is strong. I'm like, that's fantastic that you've got a strong mind that will set you up in life in so many ways but you also need a strong body you need a strong body when you're 70 yeah yeah i mean kim williams is one he always he always taught me you know he's never had injuries and you know we've spent a lot of time together a lot of runs a lot of trips things like that and yeah he he always said to me you know you just be consistent and you work your way up and yeah so yeah it wasn't until you said it just then i was thinking about my high son last year that I was totally under trained for and I was a bit sore after it than I was the year before but I went to work and I was walking fine and yeah. there was no agony or yeah. anything like that and I, I interviewed Andy Dubois earlier this year and he said what you said that you need between two to four years of 
consistent training under now, your every belt. Every week, you can't take three months off. You can't yeah. take six months off. Yeah. You can't sporadically run like, oh, I haven't run for three weeks. I'll go run 10K. I'm not <laughs> running for... like. And, you know, if that's what your life um, gives you, that's fine, but I just wouldn't yeah. personally. In an ideal world, you mm. would consistent over time for years before attempting something yeah. like this. Yeah, I guess could. for me it was sort of three, three and a half before my first ultra. I did, yeah. after the marathon, I, I thought about it, but I decided to go back to doing some halves and I thought I'd wait another year before I looked at Eurobilla. Yeah. Um, I could have done it. I would have finished. Um, I'd done a solid, you know, mm. marathon. I mean, four and a half hours sort of thing. I, c- I could have done Eurobilla that year. Yeah. Um, I didn't. So, I mean, it's everyone's personal choice, but um, yeah, I... I find now I recover really well. Yeah. 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 So a lot of people doing this 100 miler will, it'll be their first time and they will have done perhaps 100K before. Yes. So, and I'll ask this question in stages, the difference between 100K and then that jump to 100 miles. Um, So the first kind of stage to this is, mind and body in those last 61 kilometers like what's different from 100k to 100 mile when your mind and your body like that physical experience i think there yeah i think it's a a huge jump (laughs) um i think it's that same thing of you've done 50 oh 100 if i can do 50 i can do 100 if i can do 100 i can do 100 miles yeah no totally totally different um oh i think your mind yeah it's it's a funny one. You you think very different things, and I think going through a night, you usually don't in a hundred k. I mean, obviously, some people take up to twenty four hours, so I guess you do. Um, yeah, like I went to most people. I think. Yeah, yeah. My, I mean, most people won't go through a whole night into another day, yeah. so that in itself is obviously very different. Um, body, yeah, you've really got to condition your body to it, so you've got to be just really well trained um i don't think you i don't know if i believe in having to do anything outrageous to again everyone's own choice i just think it's backing up runs yep. i don't think you need to do these massive things i don't i think you just risk injury if you go out and think you have to do 100k in your 100 mile training yeah. that's just like from you know sort of what i've gathered from my research and speaking to yeah, people it's funny because like for like a marathon, like yeah. you were doing runs up to 30-ish K. Yeah, or 35, yeah. Um, so English teacher doing maths, even that simple, I'm going, uh, mm. slowly that's three quarters of the distance. Yeah. But for a 100 miler, like as you go up in distance, like your minimum runs don't have to keep up with that kind of ratio. You don't have to no. be doing three quarters of a 100 miler. I think there's a distance your body gets to that. I mean, you've got the recovery. So after those really long runs, you've got obviously the tiredness and the recovery. If you can just keep backing up your runs, okay. Yeah. Um, I only, my training, my largest were like sort of your 50. Yeah. Uh, so the first year I finished it, I did five peaks. I did it slower, did it gently, did it in sort of eight hours, 20. Um, that was three to four weeks before. Even yeah. some would say that was too much, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's there would a different be a balance, type. wouldn't there? Like, if you if your recovery window is too long after a training run, then you're actually starting to lose some of the adaptations yeah. from the run because you're spending the time resting. And like they say, you're better off a little bit undertrained than overtrained and fatigued. So, yeah. yeah, I think a marathon's a totally different ball game. You're wanting to keep what is for you a very decent pace. You're wanting to go mm. as hard as you can for that time. 
um, a mile is different. Obviously, elite athletes fly <laughs> along, but for yeah. us regular people yeah. who just um, are doing it for our own, you know, own... Yeah. <laughs> well that's a question I don't have yeah. this question written yeah. down because it's a horrible yes. question but yeah. why do a hundred miles but I mean everyone's yeah. so different personal pride is one thing to prove to yourself you personal can. challenge yeah um, I don't know just love it like I don't think anyone really has the answer why we do such ridiculous things I, I don't <laughs> you know when you're caught up in you know when you are in those social circles and I think now with social media I think years and years ago when it wasn't as large on social media yeah. and running groups weren't so large on there you you didn't have that kind of thing where you're so um involved with people who are all doing a similar thing that it doesn't yeah. seem like you're doing much yeah you know you go off and you go oh i'm just doing 50 i've been caught out with that i've gone out to a a birthday the night before cleveland 50 and been like oh i've done enough 50s now i don't really mind how i go i'll have two or three drinks i'll go to bed really late and i suffered <laughs> in the second half yeah. like and i knew exactly why so you have to respect the distance, but you start yeah. to not so much. Like you just, you, you've got a bit of a warped sense of what's normal. What's normal. And what, yeah. <laughs> what's usual. And then you talk to people who don't run and I know. just think you're actually. I had that moment last year. Where <laughs> not I mentally was, sound. <laughs> I hadn't done an ultra in a while and I had the hundred coming up. So I'm like, I just did a casual by myself, 50 ish K like just, yeah, and I'm, I, I stupidly mentioned it to work colleagues and they're like, you're doing what? And they were so scared for me and we want messages when you're finished and they they just, yeah, freaked out. Oh, and yeah. we're, I, you're right, we're yeah. in these circles where it's just so normalised. I just forget yeah. that it's actually really large. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know the why, just no. challenging myself. And I did want to see how I reacted and what my mind did and what my body did, yeah. I suppose. Our bodies are amazing and... Yeah. yeah, I'm so grateful to mine. Um, uh, like touch wood, the two injuries that I've had have been from falling, <laughs> um, the ankle and then the hip. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'll get niggles, definitely get niggles. Um, definitely always could do more strength training. Um, I'm a little bit bad on that at times. Yep. Um, but, yeah, generally speaking, my body allows me to do what, what I sort of ask of it, which yeah. is amazing. So. Yeah. Yeah, very grateful to yeah, it and want to yeah. keep respecting it and, yeah, not push it, push yeah. it too far. Um, yeah. Now, nutrition in a miler compared to 100K, yes. yeah, that's yeah. got to be different. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I just kept eating and kept, like, made sure I had, obviously, um, yeah, I don't know if for me it was that different. For some mm. people it might be. I think, oh, 100, in 100 I wouldn't have, like, your proper meals and things. Not that I had proper meals, but say at 80 or 100 and whatever it is, like both the Aruna Ruin spots yep. or out at Parachilna, I would have like, if there was a rice dish or a soup dish, I would have that. Yeah. Potatoes on the last leg, I would get potatoes at each of those aid stations. So you're in the daytime yeah, um, and you're stopping to have potatoes and soup. Um yeah, so sort of more of that real food that yeah. um, now in 100 kilometres I wouldn't generally have a lot of. Um, yeah, um, still keeping up with the same, trying to have the same little energy things. Like started off with a bit of your shot blocks and things like that in the early stages. Yeah. Um, I think your stomach changes. So you've got to, 
I, no, I think the biggest thing would be that you make sure you have a huge variety available to you. Okay. So you tra- you test all the food in your training. You know it's things that you like. You know it's things that sit okay in your stomach. Yeah. But you have a variety of different textures, flavors, sweet, savory. So you might have some nuts. You might have some chocolate. You might have um, your bliss balls. You might have, like just everything. Because yeah. you yeah, that's probably one of the bigger differences in 100 miles. The second day just feeling really funny like oh do I want to eat I should eat I have to eat what do I want I don't really go through that as much in 100 kilometers lots of variety and um some people love to have a toothbrush the next morning they just will brush their teeth um I make sure I change so when I go from the night time to the daytime I make sure I've packed like a new top and yep. even a new sports bra like I just want that fresh okay. bit of clothing because I don't know why it just makes me feel good um face wipes just wipe my face down yeah. wipe my arms down so you'd plan mm. a drop bag that's essentially a morning fresh change yes yeah 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 and if I wasn't ready yet if I got there a bit quicker I'd just put the top in my yep. Yep. in my bag yeah uh, now I had someone ask do you change shoes during a hundred miler at all I didn't, um, but I always put a pair in somewhere in case I want to. Okay. Um, and I'm actually glad for that because in Hyson, I started with some shoes I'd trained in quite a bit, um, but I hadn't sort of been wearing them towards the end there. And for some reason, that first 35, I started getting a pain under my foot and I changed shoes at the 35, check, like checkpoint yeah. two of Hyson this year. And if I hadn't packed those shoes, and I never changed shoes, but yeah. I had literally this pain I never get pain in my feet I just had this constant pain from checkpoint one to checkpoint two I was a bit worried like I thought oh what is this change shoes completely disappeared awesome yeah yeah so yeah I think definitely just pack them in case it's just peace of mind like I just have those drop bags like the supermarket bags that you zip up yeah I always put so much extra in them um maybe overthink a bit (laughs) I know some of my more elite running friends just keep it really simple yeah but yeah I don't know just yeah I think that I always saw them as being soft but they're not you don't have to use anything that you put in there it's just having choice yeah 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 um the oh hydration so there's another aspect of the jump from 100 to 100 miler how does your how do your fluids change yeah I think you have to be careful don't you I definitely um would drink a little bit less in the night but I just try to be really mindful so, you know, telling myself you need to keep just having small sips. Gulping water for me, and I think a lot of people find as well, you know, it will make your stomach cramp a bit. So you want to make sure you're having little bits so you're not all of a sudden super thirsty, gulping, and then getting like a tight stomach because your yeah. stomach can do funny things yeah. after that Do you that put time. anything in your water? Yeah, so I'll have um, your electrolytes in one and plain water. So I tend to like flasks better. Mm. So I'll carry extra flasks then um yeah so i have like four or five flasks one you know i might use to fill with coke if i want to walk along drinking that so i actually just tried to run last night because last podcast was about stacy sims book raw and she was saying that plain water the osmolality of that's no good and you really do need a bit of salt in it yes yeah and i'm like "I, i i've got to work out in the maths of how much just so it gets in your bloodstream properly and so i did a little salt thing and just cracked it in the yeah. water and that's all i did and i thought i wonder what this will taste like and yeah gross was the answer um yeah. so i've got to play with that a little bit 
but just she said just even your plain water just having a little bit okay. of salt in there i didn't realize that so i make yeah. sure i try to do a bit of a 50 50 split yeah um i'll tend to put a ginger beer at a lot of the checkpoint there's a lot of love for ginger bags. the trail runners love it i feel um, like i'm missing out because i hate ginger, you don't like ginger see i love the ginger beer is yeah. really refreshing yeah. so i'll have like one of the little cans in sort yeah. of from maybe 80k onwards yeah i even put one in 50 just in part of my just in case just in case <laughs> yeah um, i definitely can always i can definitely improve <laughs> uh training versus 100k versus 100 mile training like you've already said that you don't have to go too nuts with your long runs um, yeah, I haven't. Yeah. But is there anything you do differently in the lead up to 100 mile versus 100k? So when I wanted to do the first one because it was a new thing to me, I did make sure I did a lot of like um, runs fatigued. Like say in the January, I entered like the track 50 mainly because the mental challenge of that because I think yeah. you know you need that strong strong mind. Um, you know, I didn't sleep much the night before. I went to park run in the morning, busy all day, then started that in the evening. Wow. It was, didn't drop under 34 all night. I did it really slowly just to just as a training because I didn't want to be mm. sore after. And, yeah, that sort of thing. Um, did a couple of, like, night where I'd – so we'd do, like, 40, 40 to 50K, but I'd start in the evening, same thing, stay up all day. Yeah. And just sit with the feeling. Um, a friend of mine, Tracy, and I, we went to Blair one night. We started, gosh, I think it was 7 or 8 o'clock at night. Ended up doing 45K, just round and round Blair at night. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, you know, it was fun. You know, we had our laughs and things, you know, giant yeah. kangaroos coming out at you and spiders <laughs> galore. But, yeah, it was just um, when we sort of felt like we'd had enough and were tired and I want to go home and I haven't slept and... Um, yeah, just sitting with that feeling and that discomfort, just yeah. learning to sit with it a bit. Yeah. Yeah, so I wanted to practice that. So I did a little bit of that. With the second one, I I felt confident. Like I'd done the sort of the 24-hour events Was that the one well, where you had so. a, a holiday in the lead up in the Blue yes. Mountains as well? So you so had some awesome cruise, training there. Yeah, yeah so uh, yeah, the cruise bit, which I think... That was, was a it, dance 10 days, the comp? cruise? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, yeah. <laughs> kids danced um I sort of did some big runs so when we got to Sydney I did like a late night run then I did a 30k early morning run before we got on the boat um ran around the boat a little (laughs) bit um and then yeah the blue mountains I sort of just would go out every morning I'd set my alarm I think I caught one of those colds that you catch on the cruise um it seems inevitable so I felt a bit crummy so I did it really slowly but I still just was like no get up you want to be running it by six you want to do three to four hours on your own out there and that was amazing after being on a like confined on a boat which I didn't know how I'd go like with that (laughs) and so many people everywhere all the time to I I think of all the more I think I spent three or four four mornings out on the trails in the Blue Mountains sort of three to four hours each morning one morning I ran into one young guy and I think we both sort of went, ah, oh, because we were like quite deep in the Lura yeah. Forest, down yeah. down quite quite far down there and just in your own world and you're running around a corner. Yeah. And yeah, because down there I didn't see anyone, like obviously up the top, you know, there's lots of tourists. tourists yeah. But because I went so early and just, um, yes, that was perfect. And then yeah. when I get back, the kids would be getting up ready for the day and then we'd do the family tourist things. So, yeah. Yeah, it worked well. Nice. We've mentioned drop bags already. Do you have any particular strategy into how you set up? drop bags for an event 
that long? Yeah, I do everything in snap knot bags um, so that's easy to get to. I even prep all the food. I don't like opening packets of food. Even things like, I mean, for me, I don't ever use liquid gels mm -hmm. because guaranteed I will get it all over me, yeah. miss my mouth, um, <laughs> that sort of just silly things. So I like the shop blocks. Yep. instead so i will actually take them out of the packer i like i don't like a full size one i cut them in two i put them into tiny snap lot bags so yeah. just all those little things i have combos in the little snap lot bags i label them um yeah, yeah just keep keep them all in there like that yeah. um keep the ginger beer in say a cooler a more cooler bag with a little ice block yeah yeah what's like your must-have in your drop bags like Oh, so definitely in the later stages of everyone, I'll always have like a ginger beer option. Um, I'll always put my favourite food. So I'll put a little bit of each favourite food in each one. I'll always just put it, throw in an extra top or an extra buff or an, an extra little packet of tissues. Yeah. Just little things like that. Um, spare batteries. Yeah. Um, just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe an extra charger. Um, one thing I did do in the mileage, just to be sure, um, I know that you have, obviously you have a tracker on you, but just for navigation, I would have a spare phone. So I'd just get like a prepaid card and put like $15 on like Telstra, yeah. $15, $20. I'd have the map on that. I'd mainly use that for the map. Then I'd have my phone fully charged as a backup, just in case you, you dropped it or yeah. something happened to it and you had no way of, of navigating. Because pretty dangerous out there to get lost yeah. yeah we've we've seen it happen um like a couple of people get lost before and that was quite worrying like you've got the hyson trail but you've got so many little trails yeah that, and i would sometimes go off onto these other ones so i would literally have in the in the night time the map just in my hand just out in front of me yeah just keeping on checking it um because i've yeah gone off track a bit and i think a really good head torch the first year mine wasn't great second year i had my a up yeah. Oh my goodness, just being able to see. Um, oh, when I say first year, it was the year that I didn't complete yeah, it. So yeah, yeah. the second year I had a, I actually borrowed Beck Morton's and then I, I purchased one after that. Um, amazing. I could see the Hyson signs from so far away and it just helped cool. having that extra light because yeah. yeah, the other light I couldn't actually do see. Do you do on. the dual lights? Some people do the two light sources because you get more of a 3D view. So this view. one has two that you can adjust. Oh, so yeah. the A-up does that. Yes, right. so it's got two on it and I'd have one that um, points down to the ground and one that points ahead. Great, because I yeah. haven't done this, but I yeah, heard that if you have the two lights, it's better 3D perception. Oh, that's great. And then you're less likely to trip because you can see things oh, yeah. properly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty hooked on on that light. I know there's, you know, they're, they're not cheap, and there's, no. you know, there's all different options. But I just really liked it, and I don't invest a lot into my running gear. So, yeah, yeah, I thought that's one thing I'd invest I'd get. In, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, we've mentioned feet a little bit. Um, foot care in a hundred miler. How do your feet go over so that distance? I so I've so a few times I've had these bad blisters under the balls of my feet. First time I did Hyson one hundred and five. So the year you hiked it. So the last yeah. part I think was about nearly four hours. I, it was like broken glass. I'd never had blisters in my life. So when my feet were getting a bit sore, I didn't actually realise. When they offered to look at my feet at checkpoints, I was like, yuck no like you don't <laughs> want to look at my feet um yeah. once i passed that last kaipo checkpoint 
they must have popped or whatever and it was the entire balls of my feet and it was like broken glass and I think yeah. part of it I was kind of sobbing along um but you're in the middle of yeah like what are you gonna do like walk back to that checkpoint you're almost like you just sit on the ground like it's just <laughs> like okay just got to get there um so that happened there and then it happened I noticed the only other two times that happened was when I hiked too much so it seems that my yeah. feet my gait was quite all right for around 50 kilometers but it was a really hot day that day my friend that I did it with we hiked a lot in the day she's a really good hiker um I'm better at shuffling along in a running motion yeah. during the day but you learn all this as yeah. you go along um ever since I've done my own thing I don't get a single blister so right. both those milers that I completed I think I had a tiny little one that I had to search for on the side of my foot well, yeah. maybe so yeah I find that if I I guess I've learned through error <laughs> how how my body works and how my feet work so I'm I guess I'm lucky that I don't have that problem yeah and now I think I'm so conditioned to hiking that I actually do a lot better those yeah. blisters started to form I could feel them um in the second mile when I walked for that 50 to 60 right. yeah so it's after it's around that that they really yeah. they really start and once they start they skyrocket so that's what happened the failed year unfortunately the rest of yeah. me felt fantastic but yeah yeah because I that was my first experience last year and it was because of the wet feet I've never had wet feet in anything that long before um and it's funny I because I video runs and I could see when I left Kaipo how much I was limping but I didn't actually feel that at the time yeah um and I just, I literally just didn't know what to do it just stuck hiker's wool and oh. like you know uh, what's it called the nappy cream that I use yeah, pseudochrome and someone gave me a blister pad I just shoved stuff on it and went right let's let's just go yeah. Like you said, what do you do? So right. I pack some of those little blister pads now just in case. Mm. Um, but, I, yeah, I found that as long as I shuffle along. Yeah. Um, and I, I obviously do hike and walk in parts. But, yeah, as long as it's not the predominant thing, I'm, yeah. I'm fine now. Um, yeah, there seem to be some really interesting things online about what you should do about blisters. and. Mm. Yeah, mine were yeah, pretty horrific that first year. So I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, I had no idea. I yeah. had no idea that you could get blisters like that. Yeah. Ouch. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Mm. Um, I've been doing a, a little bit of Strava stalking. I always do a bit of stalking oh, yeah. before a podcast. So it looks like you've doing 100K weeks essentially since I was, February. Yeah, um, running and walking, so yeah, not just yeah. running. So um, when I say walking, like going for a proper walk. So yeah, I find yeah. walking and hiking's never been that easy for me. I'm so much better at shuffling along. Yeah. So the walking is actually good because it's like it pushes me yeah makes yeah. me do it yeah but how have you found the 100k weeks have they been um uh, you would have built to them but have they been really taxing on your body or have you found that a good weekly distance now you're conditioned yeah i i feel really good like um i haven't been to see the physio since before hyson because i had a bit of a tight hamstring so i just thought i'd get it like it wasn't affecting my running but i thought i'll just get a bit of maintenance um, I think I've had, I did get one massage before the, so I've had like two massages this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really, yeah, I find my body just, just goes okay. Yeah, I do yeah. a yoga class and a Pilates class a week that I think that helps. Oh, great. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, the challenge more is that fast running. And when you talk to runners, like that road run and they say, how, 
how does anybody do these um, these really long things, these things that are in the miles? And I'm like, all of you would be able to do it. Like you just have to keep backing it up and keep going. And if you're going at a slow enough pace, you can do it every day. Yeah. But when you're pushing yourself and getting all that lactic acid and you're pushing your muscles and things, yeah, you're going to need a large recovery. And yeah. I found the marathon... I was more nervous before that than I was before <laughs> Heisen last year. And I was sore at the, in the last few Ks of the marathon, I had some sharp pains in my stomach. Oh, yeah. So I had to pull back a bit. So I ended up finishing yeah. a bit slower than I would have liked. But my muscles were more fatigued than that last 10K of Heisen. So, and yeah. did you say you had a headwind in that? I know you, oh, you mentioned yes. wind. So much wind. Yeah. <laughs> there was so much wind. I, I think my neck was sore because I couldn't pull my head up because no matter how tight I made my hat, it was going to fall off. So I just down just looking yeah. at the bitumen oh, that's <laughs> for a really long time and no yeah. music i really should I get back into music for road running oh now someone had a question about music for you like if you use music it was do you go for the aussie inspirational music like midnight oil style so like if you choose I, music what do you listen to yeah, um no i don't <laughs> i Oh, I just have a very eclectic mix. I'll go for all my old school stuff that I loved as a teen, all my yeah. like bands that I would see at like the big day out and things like that. I would I would do a lot of that kind of music. Um, I yeah, I haven't another runner, Justin, that I know I remember speaking to him once about running with music and he was like, I don't run with music anymore. I listen to listen to everything, listen to nature. And I thought, I'm gonna try that. And I yeah. stopped packing music for and I was mainly yeah. trail running. And I've just never, ever done it again. And that was Hmm. probably, yeah, about four years ago. Yeah. I easily could again. And when I'm going down the Esplanade for a quick run, because that's sort of how I squeeze in most of my life, just like, okay, you know, (laughs) if I'm not up at the crack of dawn, um, it's squeezing it in quickly what I can, five Mm. or six K. Um, Like all my training for the marathon, predominantly while my children are asleep. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it doesn't impact on the rest of life yeah yeah it's funny what part of my Strava stalking was I noticed you did a lot of lunch runs they might have just been like three and a half k but just squeezing in something going out at lunch yeah so and one of my questions was yeah what have you had to do to quite all the training in and hiking as well um yeah so I I made myself start getting up early again so I, I struggled with that for a while I'm not by nature a morning person I love staying up late at night. I wouldn't if I didn't necessarily have to. But once I get into the routine, I'm okay. So beginning of February, I decided that's it. If you're going to do this marathon, you're going to have to be training at 5 a.m., 5.30. No later, that's what you're going to have to do. Even on Sundays, it's going to have to be early. Joined all the others that do that. Now I love it again because I'm back in the routine. took about a month. In February, I felt ill like running at that time in the morning um I just felt sick like my body was saying you should be in bed yeah but I got into the routine and now I like nine o'clock I'm like I'm tired I want to go to bed so (laughs) yeah I've sort of um switched it around but yeah I that's the only way I fit it in otherwise it's like if I've got work's finished and I need to either be home or there's a child to pick up I'm like I can fit 6k I can fit 8k quickly pop down the esplanade (laughs) because it's close to home close to work yeah squeeze that in <laughs> yeah yeah just do what you can do yeah uh now the hubert terrain yes yes so people have questions about that and i think yes, sure there's yeah. so many different 
like surfaces you're going to experience on there the day. Are. But what's the terrain like yes. in this hundred miler? So it obviously, I mean, I always come up with about three and a half thousand meters over it. Um, you know, it doesn't have that huge elevation that you might get in the Victorian ones, for example. Mm. Um, but in terms of the terrain, though, I think it's still relatively challenging. I mean, when you're climbing the biggest hills, being St. Mary's, when you're doing the outside of St. Mary's, you're not going up a, a track, you're climbing up rocks and you've got to get yourself over that saddle. And if you're like me, not a rock climber, it took me until the last year to say, you're going to get over that saddle yourself. <laughs> Even the year that I finished with Luke, he's like, just give me your hand. Like, I, cannot, I cannot pull myself up. Like, oh my God. I, when I did mentally. the saddle, um, when I did that, the marathon there, yep. I was so glad no one was around because there were parts I was crawling on my hands and knees. That's just my ridiculous fear of it's heights the coming mental, into play. Yeah, I'm tall yep. and I'm like, <laughs> half of my like running friends who could get over it that are half my height. Uh, whereas I'm standing no and going, excuse. this track was not made for someone who's five foot two. Just whereas like, I'm just like, this is not made for someone who does not like rock climbing. <laughs> the first year I did Huber, when I did the 50k, I'd never been up to Flinders Ranges. I had no range on my phone. Uh, you know, you think no one's around you. Like, I was just by myself for ages and you can't hear or see anyone. And I'm like, I have no reception. I'm out in the middle of the Flinders Ranges. Nobody knows where I am because mm-hmm. I don't have a track or anything. I'm like, nope. this is interesting. <laughs> I was in 2015 and I got to the bottom of, um, yeah, St. Mary's. And I'm like, What? And I'd only learnt the week before about it, and I'd, I'd googled oh no. it, oh no. and I'd worked myself up. So I just and the waited. markers aren't great on it. I hope they've changed, but they're not. No, they're no, not great. Yeah, no. <laughs> there were people are like sort of over the other. They got themselves stuck over the other side, and I just thought I went up a bit of it, and I thought I'm just going to wait for people. And some other runners came, so I just I just waited. So my time in the event, like I just <laughs> stood around for ages, and yeah, waited and went up with other people and. Um, yeah, it was a big facing my fears. Like I've, like I was the kind of kid that I would literally work myself up to go up the curly slippery dip at McDonald's. Aww. I'd get to the top and yeah. I'd be like, I can't go down this curly slippery dip, and walk back down. <laughs> On my year four camp at Mount Loftier or Loftier Park, they call it. Sorry, um, they had like a zipline thing. Get to the top of it, I'm like sweats shaking. No, I can't do it. Uh, you're a woman after my own heart. <laughs> yeah, like, um, what's, where do you do the Mount Theverton? So yeah. when in, like, grade six and my mum was volunteering, she's up having coffee, she sees this toboggan come down with no one in it. She's like, yep, that'll be Kate. Next minute, I'm having to try and get down the, because I put my toboggan down and it moved, and I'm like, oh, well, it's gone. I can't, <laughs> like, I'm petrified here on this. Yeah. Never ended up facing that fear wow. either. So I've come a long way. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm really proud of myself for getting yeah. over it. You know those obstacle races? Like, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. I don't do those. I remember I've, I did one of those and the very first <laughs> obstacle was this A-frame. Oh, and no. I'm, I got to the top of the A-frame. That's okay. But then to get over it, you don't have three points of contact. You have to just swing your leg over. And my brain is just instantly, no. it's asphalt. If and you're not wearing a helmet. If you fall... Like, you're going to die. And in the end, to stop holding people up, I just had to reverse back down. And you're allowed to walk around obstacles if you can't do them. I felt so pathetic. Just like oh, the hands and at knees. At least you attempted it. I oh. volunteered at one of those night 
Yes, yeah, um, and you know, everyone was like, "You, you can do it for free. Come on, come along and do it. Come along and do it." I was at the finish line. I watched someone go to run up the final thing that you <laughs> go over, and she just missed the mark. She smashed her face into it. I needed the ambos. I was like, oh, no, that's, no, 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 that's no, no, me no. done. <laughs> I'm not done. Like, I don't need to do that. Um, I like running. I feel like, I guess I have that false sense of security that I've got mm. two feet on the ground. Mm. I think I've had a couple of tumbles and I'm, I'll go quite fast downhill now. Yeah. Um, I slowed it down a bit after I hurt my ankle just to not hurt it again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm getting more confidence, but bike riding, mm-mm. But the thing is, by the time you get to that Tendera saddle climb, so the outside track going up to Samaria's, in the 100 miler, this is the second time, because you come you come from the inside track, don't yeah, you? Yeah, the inside track's okay. Like, I'll, but then um, I don't mind going down it. It's yeah. near the end, so you've almost finished. You yeah. are absolutely spent and fatigued, and then you have to do this outside yeah. track. So what is it like the, when you're coming back in that physical condition and doing yeah. that? Um, I find for myself personally, I start to get excited and I believe that adrenaline kicks in, um, and I'm okay. And I just do it one bit at a time. Um, I think last year I had 50 K, I think because you have the 50 K runners and I think the year before that you have them coming out, like you see people who've started the other runs. It gives you a bit of a boost. You see people, you know, um, I don't know. I just kind of try not to. Th- I'm like, once you get to the top of this, it's all downhill. Yep. You know, just mentally. Um, last year, the last time I did it, 2019, I climbed it on my own. Um, the year before that, I was with another runner, Luke, and he's basically like a mountain goat. So <laughs> I was just I keep up with him. He's just like <laughs> he's quite good at the rock climbing. Yeah. Um, so I just did that. Um, yeah. It. Yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? You, mm. I think I'd just say try not to worry about it and just do it one bit at a time. And each rock that you climb, just stop for a second. Yeah. And then go, okay, next one. The okay, views are amazing one. there. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah I love <laughs> so it's it up worth there. stopping. Love it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's worth it. Um, but terrain-wise, I think it's you've got rocky creek beds, you've got fire trail, you've got that rock climbing, you've got a lot of gravelly stuff. Yeah. You've got gorges, which you sort of got to go down into quite steep dips and bring yourself up. If you don't have, like, I've never run with poles, so if you don't have poles, you've got to kind of pull yourself up yeah. some of those gorge bits. Um, and then you've got road as well. And it's that bumpy middle of nowhere road. It's not flat road. It's that white gravelly yeah, and it's yeah. got all these tiny bumps, yes, yes. bumps in it. Ugh. Like, so you've got a lot of different terrains. So that's where you could change shoes if you like. Um, yeah, I just... Yeah. yeah, just train on different, all different terrains. All different terrains. Yeah. Um, what's something that's not on the mandatory gear list that you consider a must-have oh. on the course? Well, I think definitely having that second phone is a peace of mind f- um, yep. for me, which is not mandatory. But I just believe if anything went wrong with your phone or you smashed it, you'd be pretty upset. Like, I, I want that yeah. Yeah. to be able to check that map easily. Um. I think things like those kind of face wipes uh, yeah, um, yeah. are, a, yeah, a godsend, like to freshen you up. Um, um, be it right or wrong, I'll put in a couple of Panadol. Um, I'm a firm believer of not using any kind of ibuprofen. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I had an emergency situation one year where, um, you know, they basically told me if I had taken ibuprofen, I probably would have... Um, 
kidney failure. Yeah. So it was very lucky that I didn't. Um, and so for me, I just don't think it's worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I do pack a Panadol in case, <laughs> in case yeah. I need it. So, yeah. And I've had that Panadol that had the caffeine in it. I had two of those in the, about 3 a.m. one time. And I think the caffeine helped a bit. So, yeah. 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 Now, this event's early May. So it's unlikely that that's a problem. But sometimes it can be unseasonably warm. And I remember when I did the marathon, it was very much full sun and quite hot. So yeah. what are some of your strategies if it is going to be hot for keeping your core temperature down a bit if you need to yeah so I've had um yeah I think definitely the year that I finished it was warm in the day you're quite exposed in areas um and yeah, yeah when that sun's that like out Mars. it's hot <laughs> yeah and you're out for the yeah entire day so yeah um like I found I found it okay I think when you're doing 100 miles you're not going at your full pace you know yeah. like your parkrun pace or your marathon <laughs> pace um so you, you you are pacing yourself um I think just splashing your face um and just having lots of layers so I'll have just that singlet top and shorts in the daytime yeah and then swap yeah. to more layers and more layers and multiple pairs of gloves and yeah that's what oh, I you think. go multi-gloves oh okay. I have to I get the like the rain noise level of bad circulation my hands go completely numb and painful numb and they're white as white and it travels the whole way down it's not great so I'm about to get into winter again um I forget about it in summer because I'm kind of like a normal person (laughs) um and it starts to happen on my feet as well yeah and they are like agony and you cannot like once it's gone too far you can't you actually need like a hand dryer to bring the blood back and you just watch the blood slowly come back and take see you can see my fingers now they're starting to get cold out here wow yeah so yeah yeah not great but yeah i need a lot of gloves everywhere (laughs) (laughs) everywhere i go another uh high hormone phase issue is that blood plasma volume drops can be up to eight percent and that actually equals a reduction in blood pressure and I know that you've oh, had the same yeah. big blood pressure fall that I've experienced mm, before. A couple, yeah. Um, so I'm still, I feel like I'm still learning all about that. And yeah. I often use these podcasts as a way to find out more. Yes. But um, yeah. how do you manage blood pressure issues or have you, it just hasn't really come up at that dangerous level again? Um, so, yeah, so it's happened to me twice and there was a two year gap between them and, you know, a miler between and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I've always had low blood pressure. I've just always do always told that low blood pressure isn't a problem as long as you're not getting major symptoms I do get that dizzy if I get up too quick and things like that I've always yeah. been susceptible to that always being sort of told it's too low um yeah I don't know it caught me off guard the first time it was pretty scary not sort of being able to breathe and yeah and just blacking out and you know them not being able to get um you know blood out and and that sort of thing so yeah, it was, it was definitely scary um, the first time until I got some oxygen and stuff and that was yeah. better. Um, and then it was years and I made sure I just had full tests done. So I went to my GP and said, I just want everything before I attempt this 100 miler and just making sure I have lots of electrolytes and sugar yeah. because my blood sugar kept coming up as really low. Okay. So I would do, get like a test, like just a random test and they'd be like, oh, your blood sugar's really low, are you okay? 
Um, or I'd like Bupa come out to my work a lot and they'll do all these different things like skin checks and, yep. you know, different things. And they'll do like a overall health thing. And one day I went and she did like the prick and did the sugar. And she just looks at me in shock and she said, do you feel okay? <laughs> if you were diabetic, you'd be having like a hypo right now. And I'm like, oh, okay. No, I think I'm okay. (laughs) So I went and they did like a a test where they can sort of check what your blood sugar does and how it responds for like six weeks or something. I I don't know the semantics of it, but yeah. And it turned out that it was okay, but I was a little bit worried there for a bit. Like I was like, what causes low blood sugar like that? Um, Yeah, so did that. Um, That was okay. So I did like the full test. I think it was just, yeah, making sure all my bloods are really good everything's tracking really well um yeah after the kidney issue i had like kidney tests um three kidney tests after and it was all good function um yeah i don't know i guess it's always in the back of your mind um i think i overcompensate a bit i'll make myself have a bit more sugar eat a little bit more even if i don't feel like it or a lot of athletes would say oh you don't need any more yeah um oh as i drank so much yeah. my last big event and then yes, then i start yeah. to worry about hyponatremia like <laughs> yeah well i think yeah. like say your coke or your ginger beer or your sugary drink as well could mm. be good um yeah i do think about that as well i think you do have to be careful um i never like in both those events i didn't feel like i'd pushed myself like physically like people say oh you must have pushed yourself yeah, too no. far <laughs> um i had training behind me i hadn't pushed myself too far in fact at the 24 hour I was just walking around and chatting and I was like ah you know what I might just have some noodles and some coffee sat down for half an hour was talking perfectly fine stood up everything went wrong yeah so yeah yeah another really dangerous thing is out back at night can get so cold it does it does so um yeah what do you wear really large drops how do you deal with the cold yeah i mean it can be quite different to those you know alpine regions and things even like the drop from what you experience in the day tonight is so so severe yeah um and just being so exposed like that um it's just so many layers i think you just have to have quite a lot of layers so i tend to just layer up layer up on top um beanie double gloves um at least two long sleeve tops yeah for me, um, it depends how you're moving, mm-hmm. and that's why I think always carry in the nighttime an extra layer because if something happens and you slow down, you can go like I yeah. did in Parachuna Gorge that last time. I went from I'm okay once I'm moving at a certain pace, and then my hands freeze so quickly yeah. that I can't actually undo my pack to get anything else out. Wow! So that's yeah. me personally, but. Um, yeah, I think pants as well. I, unfortunately, because I got caught out getting too cold last time, I stayed in my shorts the entire time. I couldn't even put pants over because I'd gotten too cold. Yeah. So that's why I spent a bit longer at the fire. Um, I think if the top of your body's... For me, if my head, arms, hands are warm, I'm okay. Yeah. If they're not, I'm yeah, in big yeah. trouble. So just extra layers. What you think is okay, add another layer. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. And just have it in your drop bags, just extra layers. Yeah. yeah so i think once yeah. you get cold thermal, thermal it's once gear. you're too cold it's too late like it's very hard to get warm again yeah 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 it is yeah. um i was lucky i could warm up relatively well that year um but i think i was teetering on the edge of if i don't get to that fire soon i'm actually gonna drop drop yeah. too much yeah 
yeah post an event like this you've done it it's successful yay yeah what do you do to help yourself recover after oh just be really kind to yourself and just know that you've done something amazing and your body needs time so um i guess spoil yourself a little bit so you know a couple of nice baths um nice foods let yourself allow yourself to sort of eat what you want for a couple of days um just be really gentle on yourself like i think i would go well because my body felt okay and everyone's different like a gentle run on the thursday after so um just something slow and easy and just ease ease back in yeah do you have some favorite post-race proteins that you have ready to go or anything like that you know i'm probably not a great one for being perfect with the with the nutrition and things i actually like i love the thought of having like hot chips or something (laughs) like that like yeah straight after and actually i'll tend to just you know i'll I'll have some like nice nutritious food and things um so i guess like your well for me being vegan it would be something with Mm. all your different um legumes in it and stuff like some nice hearty foods potatoes stuff like that um but then i'll have a cider (laughs) just to celebrate so yeah yeah, a couple of ciders so yeah yeah but I I the next day I really want like hot chips nice have you got any final tips for people doing the 100 miler any Um, any other parting words of wisdom just enjoy it um yeah just take it one bit at a time don't think about the total distance and yeah trust your body trust your training yeah um and when it comes to fatigue just trust that you know, you just need to get through to the daytime again and you should be okay as long as you fuel yourself well yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. And try to get try to get a bit of rest in the week before. Don't don't do what I've done in my <laughs> my weeks leading up. Yeah. If you can. Yeah. It's funny because you in the shorter distances you hear about tapering and you go, Ah, oh, yeah, you know, you're so nervous, you want to keep your training up and it doesn't have much effect. But in these big events, you notice when you don't taper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't get a chance. I definitely didn't get a chance to run. In fact, both of those I probably didn't run for that week, really. Yeah. Um, just trying to cram everything in. Yeah. Which is get probably everything a good organized thing. at home. Yeah. <laughs> just sli- a bit of sleep. Um, it's a really good start time, though. Yeah. In in a way, I mean, it's hit and miss. You get less daylight. Um, but it's oh, yeah. for me, I loved being able to kind of just wake at a natural time, have breakfast a couple yeah. of hours before. Yeah, that was kind of perfect. Very respectful yeah. time. Yeah. Is there anything else on your 2021 running calendar? So you just did this marathon. Yeah. Although, again, stalking. I did see yesterday you did say, quote, never say never to the single survive 500-kilometer <laughs> stage race. I just said that to our work colleague, yes. Um, no, um, at this point, um, no, I don't know. I think last year threw me a bit I mean when I think about it I did actually do a bit last year and I ended up doing three sort of 100k runs and about three or four fifties um but I felt like you know events were off sort of thing yeah. I haven't I haven't planned a lot this year I'm not sure yeah. yeah I've been really content in life and like not that that's you know any yeah. maybe there's a bit of a correlation to the amount of events I used to do um yeah I, I don't know I need to think about it I'm I'm almost thinking about entering something at Barossa, whether it be the half or full, just because I knew that I was capable of a bit better time yep. than what I did. And yep. I had a pretty bad couple of days lead up with McLaren Bale. So, 
cracking four would be great. I didn't actually, awesome. I didn't actually think I gave myself enough um, training for that, but I was yeah. thinking around that four oh five ish mark. Nice. I didn't expect those heels. We did. There was a course change, um, so when I was attracted to it initially, it was point to point without those significant heels at the end right. and then the win combined i think i would have probably got that time well, um <laughs> so yeah i'm just thinking about it. i think everything would have to go right mm-hmm. and i'd need a bit more of a road foundation um I, I went through the half at 156 and felt good um yeah so may, yeah. maybe yeah. and i don't know if i want to go further than i'd like to try 200 kilometers i want to do something where i don't i'm not stopping but I want to go a bit further than that 100 miles. So that's yeah. that's a name. And it was something I considered last year when I did Federation, but it wasn't the right course. And, yeah, I just decided against it in the end. Yeah. I decided to go home and go to a winery the next day instead. <laughs> and do you know what? My friend and partner bombarded me on that idea at about the 80K mark, I reckon. <laughs> and I was like... Yeah, do you know what? Yeah, I want to go. I want to go back to the B and B, and yeah, so yeah. it was quite a slower time because I kind of paced myself to think I might head back and do yeah. two hundred. Um, so I'd like to do something like that, and maybe it'd just be something yeah. I choose myself because they don't seem to be out there. Well, as you were saying that, I'm thinking yeah. really the only other choice after hundred miler is the, the new two hundred miler. Yeah, and that's kind of a totally different yeah. ball game. I'm not sure. I mean, for me, I can't sort of spend that like because the pre-race and also the recovery with family and work it Mm. just it's too much um for me so even if my kids were around a bit like I mean they they think the running is great but you know if I'm sort of checking out for three or four weeks which realistically and speaking to friends who've done them and Mm. even my friend Tash who said no you are you you were no good to anyone for a little bit after um yeah I I just personally couldn't well, I don't want to at this yeah. point. Um, I don't know how yeah, I feel. Yeah, so there's no 200k Yeah, yeah. I just don't want to do the fast pack thing, like where I, I have those proper sleeps and take four or five days. I'm not sure I want to yeah. do that yet. Um, I, I might go do my own fast pack thing one day. I think I could do it. I'm quite good at just backing up and keeping on going. So yeah. if I'm going to have a four-hour sleep here, or I think I'd be I'd be okay to do it. Um that's what I'd like. If Sean's yeah. listening to this, then you've just probably given could him ideas, a, new events. Yes, could you do a 200 con? <laughs> that involves two nights, please. Thank you, Sean. As yes. if your life is not busy enough. <laughs> yeah, so something between that 100 mile and 200 mile. Something yeah. where I can keep going so I don't necessarily have to stop and have a proper sleep. Yeah. You know, you might do that micro nap thing where you sort of have a 20 minute or, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I'd really, really like to give 200 a go that would be amazing to have an event in adelaide that's 200 yep. otherwise i might just have to make my and, own and sean please put it in school holidays there's nothing for teachers uh, of those kind of big uh, events yeah. all events are not in school holidays yeah. drives me nuts actually that'd work better for me as well yep. because you wouldn't have to have all the drop-offs and pick-ups yeah, and things so <laughs> yeah that'd be great 200 200 kilometers cool or i might just go out and do my own <laughs> i don't know Cool. So hopefully that's helped people out a bit, those nervous Nellies with their first 100 miler coming yeah, up. Yeah, good luck. So, it's amazing. Um, yeah. Some of the runners that I know are doing it, I know that they are going to be brilliant. They are more than prepared for yeah. it, which is fantastic. I can't wait to see what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really like disappointed not to be going up. Um, it just doesn't quite work out for me yeah. this year, yeah. so as life. Yeah. 
I'm hoping to do a post-Hubert podcast. So we'll have me from the marathon, Nancy from the 100. And so I'll be looking for a 50K or a 100 miler. Four of us will get together and talk about what it was like up there this year. For the the last one, unless someone picks it up, that's that's it. As always, I'll put links to anything we've mentioned uh, in the show notes. But thank you so much for your time today, Kate. Okay. Really generous of you. Thank you. And great having you on the podcast. Thank you. It was, yeah, it's been good.